Welcome to the Pull the Shoot podcast with Jeff and Jana. This is our weekly venture into the world of small to medium-sized businesses and the entrepreneurial spirit that drives success. So our goal here is to help you grow and to be the best you can be, both in business and personally. To do that, we identify and we discuss topics that will hopefully help you as you work to build a successful business. We also interview business owners and executives. It's our hope that you may be able to gain insight on ways to help you be a better leader and provide a better culture for your people. Our mission here is to help you pull the shoot once a week to work on your business instead of always working in your business. So we hope you find these discussions insightful, helpful, and useful. And thanks for your support. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the Pull Shoot Podcast, everyone. We are so excited that you are back and listening to the podcast. Uh, as we uh, said on the last couple of podcasts, we are excited uh, that we've gone international. We keep getting people from all over the world that are reaching out to us and wanting to be on the podcast. Uh, we just interviewed someone from Belgium last week, which was very exciting, Jana, wasn't it? I mean, she was an interesting coach. Yes. By the way, Jana, welcome. So- My sidekick, as always, Jana. Landry. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, Jeff, because it's, you know, international, they have different terminology for kind of the same things we talk right. about. So it's interesting to hear her take on what they call certain things, you know, yeah. and what we call it was, yeah, it was good. Yeah. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward to more of those uh, as we go, but uh, today we're going to stay domestic. We're going to stay in the U S uh, we have a special guest, a longtime friend of mine, uh, Bob Weinroth. Uh, he has a company called the Ventura group. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit to Bob today, learn about, uh, what the Ventura Group is all about and business brokerage. Bob, welcome to the show. We appreciate you being here. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff, and also Jan. It's uh, it's my pleasure to be here today, and uh, hopefully this will be a pretty interesting discussion that we're going to have. Yes. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good. Pause. Bob, you got to make sure that you stay focused when you shift. Your voice is waning one way or the other, so just stay in front of me, okay? Okay. okay. We'll go back. <clears throat> So great, Bob. So thanks for uh, for being on the show. Uh, before we get going, Bob, I always like to do this with our guests. You know, give us a little bit of background. Like, you know, who are you? What have you done? And uh, how did you get to this point? Okay, that's uh, pretty easy. Hopefully, very <laughs> short. So um, anyway, I um, I have an interesting career because it's kind of two careers that I've had so far. Uh, I wound up getting my bachelor's in economics. After that, I got my MBA from the Wharton School and became a manufacturer of clothing living in the greater New York area. And that took up, uh, I guess, the first half of my career. I became uh, president of some very, very well-known companies before I started my own business and then made a uh, lifestyle decision to move my family. I have two young boys at the time. We moved from New York down to Florida, and I've been here for almost 30 years, and I live in the South Florida area. And uh, when I moved down here, uh, I opened up the Ventura Group of Florida, uh, which is also known as the Ventura Group. Uh, And uh, the reason that occurred was because when I came down, I was looking to acquire businesses. And as I was doing the search, I thought to myself, I think I could do this help other people find businesses and ultimately find my own business as well. So now we go down, I guess, 25 years later, and the Ventura Group uh, has thrived during those years. Uh, We kind of concentrate on what I call uh, lower market entities, typically companies that do $10 million and less of revenue. And we help uh, business owners who are transitioning 
to sell their business for various reasons, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah. Uh, and so we do this now. And just a few years ago, what we decided to do is kind of expand our services in about 17 other states around the country. So that's what we do today. Oh, that's wow. great. That's great. I've always been excited that we've, you know, that I've known you throughout these years and you and I've known each other. We just realized like over 20 years or almost 20 years uh, that we've known each other. And uh, throughout that whole time, um, you've, you've been kind of tickling in the business brokerage stuff at times and then doing it very heavy at times. And, uh, but it's been, it's been a good journey, fun journey for you. So I think that's great. Yeah. It's also, you know, it's really rewarding to, uh, to assist people who are really looking to sell their business because it's a very personal thing. They're very, you know, they, they, they've started a business or they've purchased it from someone else. They've built it up. It's very successful. Uh, it's now time to sell. And uh, the process of finding the right buyer that continues the same culture. And then on the other hand, being able to assist the seller in transitioning, because sometimes they're not sure what happens the day after closing. <laughs> and, uh, we, what we call it is we call it seller's remorse. Yeah. You know, they're very enthusiastic about selling their business. And then once they know they're going to sell it, panic sets in. I just finished a uh, relationship with a woman who had a business and she definitely wanted to sell. Um, matter of fact, I sold it twice for her. And both times during due diligence, she's the one who pulled out, not the buyer. <laughs> and the reason was because she panicked. She said, well, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to do on Tuesday. If the right. closing's on Monday, what am I going to do? So it is a process and, and it's, uh, it's exciting. Uh, it's very difficult, but uh, something that uh, I think we do very, very well. That's awesome. What are your, so, so Rob, what are the three top issues or challenges if somebody does want to sell their business? I know there's well, if they if they do yeah. want to sell it or they don't want to sell their business. They do want to sell it. Like what <laughs> what look for? All right. Well, the first thing is, you know, that I always look for is business should be profitable. It's very hard to sell a business that's failing. Yeah. You know, that's called an asset sale and it, it, it's very hard. So uh, often um the first thing is we want to take a look at financials, we want to take a look at history, we want to go back and at least three years. We want to see if there are any trends, not only in the business, but in the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and so that's, that's the first thing we look at. Along with that, I'd say point number two is really trying to find the real reason why ownership wants to sell. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's not very apparent at the beginning. Sometimes people have challenges in their business and they're having a hard time dealing with them, recognizing them. Mm -hmm. And of course, their loved ones or friends or family members say, why don't you sell your business while there's something to sell? And often when I have initial meetings with people at about the 30 to 45 minute mark, it becomes pretty clear that they don't want to sell. And so then we'll transition to another, uh, another discussion about, you know, how can I be of assistance? And as, as, as both of you know, you know, coaching, is 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 a big part of it. Yes. Uh, and, and and there are a lot of people who are very, very open to coaching. And obviously your business model proves that. And then there are other people that say they want coaching, but then they don't want to do any work themselves. And so that opens up the opportunity for consulting. And I've been doing consulting all these years as well. 
where I basically will say to the ownership, look, let, let me come into your business. And uh, I guarantee you six months from now that uh, it'll be worth more than it is today, number one. And number two, you'll be able to take a step back and really analyze properly if you want to keep your business or you want to sell your business. So that's 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 the second thing. Uh, the third thing is also uh, that I look for is, a, is an organization that not only is in place in terms of the, the employees, people have job responsibilities and duties, but the systems are in place. Right. The uh, the operation is running very smoothly because, again, that, that, that third point as we were talking about is for someone to come in and see a company in disarray, uh, that is not what a buyer is looking for. So uh, again, this business transitioning that we're talking about, what I what I tend to do and what I what I like to do is get involved, making sure to use a word we package the business properly for sale. Yes. Okay. That's well, you know, it's interesting. Um, so I want to jump back on the first uh, point that you made, which is profitability. Um, you know, I mean, for years, a lot of times, uh, business owners are looking for a ton of ways to write off things so the pro- so the business doesn't show profitability. Um, right. And because they don't want to pay taxes and all the things that they don't want to do. I'm not saying that that's a thing that we should do. I'm just saying that this sometimes happens. <laughs> uh, but uh, so so what's the process then? Because to me, that's like a transition itself, right? Transitioning the business because the business, they want to sell the business, but the business isn't ready to sell. And so how do we get the business ready to sell? And what's the, usually the length of time that you want them to, you know, just so that they understand the process that you want them to be working on getting the business ready to sell? Well, there are a couple of issues here. So the first issue is, is is that you brought up has to do with not not wanting to pay taxes, and often the tax returns aren't the true report card of the history of the business. Right. And in our industry, we have a concept called owner's benefits, and what that uh, is is anything that the ownership takes from the business in whatever form gets counted in terms of valuing the business. So perhaps a a uh, company will pay for the owner's car or insurance or different trips that they say are, are for the business, et cetera. We have to have the opportunity to identify that and then make adjustments to whatever the results are on the tax returns. So that's very, very important. Uh, now, there are some businesses that have, as, as we all know, non-reported income. So that's that's a challenge in itself. Because as I say to people, you know, people are not going to pay for air. And so it has to be documented. It has yeah. to be something that you can show people. And so that's really very, very important that, that, that that's done. Now, part of the part of the issue, the second part of, of your statement is in some of these businesses, the, the, the books and records are really in disarray. Right. And and so when accountants get 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 a hold of them uh and, and do the tax returns. There's not enough emphasis putting on, you know, making sure that everything's categorized properly. Everything is accounted for. Uh-huh. Uh, and often accountants just want to do what the ownership wants them to do. And so they'll just throw any, everything in a pot and say, OK, I saved you some money or I didn't save you some money. But right. again, when you when you sell a business. The first difficult hurdle is to get the right buyer and identify the right buyer. And again, we talked about this a little bit before about the culture. You want to make sure that the culture continues because you want to take care of your employees if you're an owner. You want to make sure that the transition, once the owner, current owner is left, the new ownership is going to continue in the same mold 
as before. So that's, you know, in, in, incredibly important. But once you get that that buyer, the next step is to negotiate a contract for sale, an agreeable price to purchase the business under whatever terms and conditions there are. Uh, but then the tough part comes, which is called due diligence. And the due diligence is when the potential buyer comes in and with or without an accountant or lawyers or associates, they really examine your books and records. And I will tell you that I have been in situations where due diligence has lasted one and a half days, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Because by the second day, you know, they throw a flag up and says, well, there's too much here that we don't, we can't. We can't yeah. identify yeah. Find about. So, so yeah, the due diligence part of it is so critical that it's important that the operation is running, running smoothly and the books and records are in order. That's great. So how do you value business? You know, how do you know how much it's worth? Okay. So, so in the valuation of a business, it's all dependent upon a couple of, a couple of distinct things. One is the industry. There are certain industries where there's a multiple, and I'll describe that in a minute, which is different from other industries, meaning when you value a business, what we usually do is we take a look at, as I said, three years of performance. Uh, We take a look at whatever trends there are. And then there's a a standard in the industry, that particular industry, and, and it's a multiple of an average of what I spoke of before, which is owner's benefits. Mm-hmm. So let's say the average owner benefits is $150,000 a year. That includes the salary adjustments that are made. Um, let's say it's $150,000 a year. If the multiple is three, the valuation is three times one hundred dollars or $450,000. Now, not only is it based on industry, it's also based on location. So, for example, an Italian restaurant in Kansas may not be worth what it's worth in Little Italy in New York, right? So the multiple of Little Italy in New York, I would assume, and that's an assumption, might be worth a lot more than the same type of restaurant in a small town in Kansas. Um, So that's how we go through it, uh, and and we place valuation on it. uh, And then we have to then obviously meet with the ownership to talk about whatever terms and conditions there might be, whether it's a type of transaction where the ownership will hold the note and and will allow the new buyer to pay off over time, uh, or it may be the kind of business that that uh, might be able to apply for a small business administration loan, and 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 those those loans are terrific because the ownership gets paid in full at closing, and. Uh, and the loan is is guaranteed by the government. Got it. Through whatever bank there is. That's great. That's great. So uh, you know you've been selling businesses for years, and and what's your favorite ones to to kind of work with? I can't really tell you which ones are the best ones to work with. I'd rather say the best ones I work with are the most difficult. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because those are the ones that present the biggest challenges that, you know, you have a buyer and a seller who, who 
maybe at the beginning don't see eye to eye as they're kind of going through negotiations. And then we go through the due diligence period. And then as you're going through that, sometimes bankers are involved, lawyers are involved, accountants are involved, landlords are involved. And I'm here to kind of hold everybody's hand. I try to act as the conductor. And I try to pull everybody together so that we have common ground. And I often say to both parties, the the buyer and the seller, what I really want to guarantee is that um, you're both not going to be 100% satisfied, but I'm going to minimize the dissatisfaction for both of you. So when we get to the closing table, <laughs> we both shake your head and shake each other's hands and said, well, we did the best we could. And yeah. those are the most rewarding things for me. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's great. So is there, in most cases, I mean, is there, you know, I, I think of buying a house versus buying a business, right? When I buy a house, everyone's usually pretty happy. You just described the fact that there's a give and take on both sides. So it's a little bit more of a struggle when you buy and sell a business. And that is, is that specifically because it is a business and they're trying to a get the best deal they can when they're the buyer and get the best deal they can when they're the seller, right? Yeah. It is, absolutely. You know, I've never met a seller who didn't overvalue his business. Uh, and, and, and and I never met a buyer who wasn't looking uh, to at least you know pay as little as possible. So it's that middle ground and that fair ground that you have to talk about. And I always say to a potential buyer that you have to be 90% sure that you can't do any worse than the current ownership in order for you to buy a business. And, and and so that's where we need to get with them. On the other hand, from this from the seller's perspective, as I said, when I meet them at the beginning, there's this process that you have to go through where you have to work with the ownership and identify the things that should be modified, changed, added to in order to make the business more saleable. And I'm not talking about a new coat of paint or cleaning up the offices. I'm talking about the operation of the business. Do yeah. we have the right employees doing the right tasks? Are people accountable for what they do? Do the daily activities occur very smoothly? Right? right. Are there marketing activities that are ongoing? You know, are there are there are there challenges that should be addressed now and not later. One of the things that's an interesting thing that I, that, that I would like to relate to you is often we'll have these in-person meetings with a seller and a potential buyer. And, the, and the, the owner of the business will say, you know, if you did this and you did that, you can improve your business by th this way. And if you did this, you can improve your profits. And 100% of the time when the meeting ends, the potential buyer comes to me and say, if it was that easy, why didn't he do it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <clears throat> That's what I would right? say. So, so, so what I try to do and, and, and talking about this, you know, transitioning period is we try to identify the things that we know can be addressed. Not everything can be addressed. But the things that can be addressed now should be addressed now. And, and, and a new ownership will appreciate the fact, even if the results aren't in, even if that means that the business started a new marketing campaign, an ad campaign, changed the packaging of a product, whatever it might be, as long as they show that there's progress, that's a real feather in the cap of the of the owner, yeah. the current owner of the business. 
Well, I would think that you, you mentioned them earlier about employees. Are they, you know, a, I like to use the term, are they on, are they on the, they're on the bus. Are they in the right seat on the bus is, is yeah. what I like to phrase it. Right. Um, but, you know, part of that transitioning uh, business transition is all the employees now have a new owner. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they didn't have a whole lot of say so in that. And so now how do you transition the employees over to new ownership as well? And do you help with that at all, Bob? Or, or is yeah, that it's, very, you know, it's, it, it's, it's very difficult and it really depends on the size of the company as well, uh, because it can be very, very difficult if you have 10 employees or less. Um, it's a little, little easier if you have 40, 50 employees. But, but regardless of the size, there's a point in time when the current owner has to really have what I say is a heart-to-heart with the employees, letting them know in advance that here are the reasons why I'm trying to sell the business, mm-hmm. right? Or I'm ready to sell the business. And that's something that's really very, very important, as I said. The reason why someone is selling, the number one reason that I find is usually someone's ready either to retire They've had a successful career and they're ready to transition to retirement or they've been doing the same thing for X amount of years right. and they're looking for a new adventure. They're looking just to, uh, to do something else. Right. So so we have that. But there has to be disclosure and not at the end when the deal is on the table, but really closer to the beginning. So there's there's uh, no doubt that, you know, there's going to be this transition and that's that softens the blow. Especially if someone says you know has a good reason, and if and if they also assure the current current staff that they are going to make sure that the new ownership has the same belief system in place, the same operating systems in place, and that it will continue to move at the same pace in the same direction as the business currently is moving, and often that happens because. Ultimately, when the new ownership comes in, there's always that period of time. Sure. And there's never a guarantee right. that, that, that everybody gets along during the transition. But more often than that, if it's handled over a period of time, and most of the businesses that are sold take anywhere from nine months to 12 months to start to finish. So there is this long period of time where you can ease the current employee's uh, into a space sure. where they feel comfortable that they're going to be taken care of. That's great. Yeah, I was going to ask you what the timing is, but you you gave us that. So, yeah. Um, as, as we're kind of closing out on time, I do want to talk about one other subject, which is the fact that you've expanded now to seventeen states. So, right. What what does that mean, and and how do people know if their state qualifies? Or, and I'm assuming it's because certain states you can do things in, and certain states you can't. Um, but you know, talk to me a little more about that. Why did you decide to do that? Yeah. What does that mean? Well, the interesting the interesting thing was uh, in the state of Florida, where I reside, uh, in order to participate in uh, being an intermediary between buyers and sellers, the sell businesses, for example, you have to be licensed. And you have to be licensed by the state of Florida. However, there are many states uh, around the country. Uh, New York is one. Texas is one. Tennessee is one where you don't need to have a license. Anyone, obviously, they should be qualified, but anybody can participate in that. And so we we started reaching out uh, and 
letting people know we exist and we've been doing it for 25 years. And we've been really pleasantly surprised that people have responded. The good news is with uh, today's technology and the ability to have Zoom calls and right. uh, we're, we're, we can have introductory meetings, but I will tell you that we travel. So once we get past the first set of introductory meetings, no matter where we have to go, we actually go to all the meetings, we participate in all the meetings, we're present at all the meetings. We're there to make sure that no stone is unturned. We want to make sure that, you know, we're like a matchmaker. At the end of the day, we want to make sure we have the best buyer for the for the seller who's who's ready to move on. Yeah. Cool. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Jana, any other questions you might have for Bob as we kind of close this out? No, I think it's interesting. It's, you know, it's like you get a new gig every time you do this. You know, it's all like right. whole new businesses, new challenges. So, yeah, it's exciting work. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing as well is, for me at least, all these years, is often I'm exposed to a business and an industry where I have absolutely no knowledge. Yes. <laughs> No, absolutely no, no knowledge at all. I have no idea. I mean, a few years ago, I was involved with a business uh, in the Midwest, and they uh, they uh, painted lines on the highways. Oh wow! <laughs> That's what the business did. So I have no idea. You know, it's often I, I, you know, so for me, it's an education opportunity. Yes. As I often say to the owner in our first conversation or conversations, I said, "I'm going to guarantee you something." First, I'm going to guarantee you that I don't have all the answers. Yeah. But I will guarantee you that I have all the questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you have patience and will work with me, we'll go very far together. That's great. That's great. Love it. Love it. So, Bob, if people want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? What's the best way? Well, the best way, I mean, they can, they can contact me by phone, but... But the easiest way also is just send, send me an email. It's rsweinroth at outlook.com or rweinroth at venturaflorida.com. Great. Awesome. Wonderful. And the phone number, you said they could call you? What's the phone number? That well, I, I would I would say 954-290-1808. Cool. So you'll get me directly. You don't have to call my office. Awesome. Love that. Thanks, Bob. That's Eight. Appreciate you sharing your story and 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 what you uh, your business is all about, uh, and and I just find it to be so fascinating and the ability to just you know help businesses figure out if they want to be sold, when they want to be sold, um, and then transitioning over I think is an amazing thing. So congratulations for twenty five years. I think that's an amazing uh, journey for yourself and for the business, and uh, we look forward to to talking to you again on this. So thank you for that. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a great time. Thanks so much. And to all our listeners out there, thank you again. As always, uh, we always love, as we say every week, uh, just continue to send those emails with questions. Uh, we love responding to those. Uh, as we said at the beginning of the show, we are international now. So look for those international uh, interviews. They're a lot of fun. We got another one coming up with Andriana Lalakea. I love saying her name. It is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> she's, a, she's a health coach, uh, but that'll be coming up uh, in a week or two. So look out for that one as well. So until the next time that we talk, stay safe and be healthy.